0: Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here. I want to invite you, why don't you grab your Bibles and just sit down with me and study the Word of God together with me. And I believe that God has fresh bread ready for you today to spiritually consume, which would be His Word, your daily bread. And I believe you'll be blessed. Praise God. We want to receive first the tithes and offerings and bring those into the storehouse of God, which is a a part of our worship unto the Lord. Uh, Let's do that by turning to Psalm 118. I want to bring out another revelation from verse 25 uh, that the Lord showed me while I was in prayer. Uh, First of all, let's take a look at this verse it says, Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Well, we have talked about Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that faith is in the now. Now faith is. So it has to be present tense. You have to be in it right now. It's a now moment. Well, it's the same thing with now prosperity where it's something that God wants you to release your faith for, where you believe that you move into a phase of, as one Hebrew scholar called it, uninterrupted prosperity. That's an amazing revelation, that you can walk in the prosperity of God, where it's never, uh, it's never interrupted, it just keeps flowing. So David said, Save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord, I pray, send, what kind of prosperity? Now, prosperity. I was praying in the spirit yesterday, and uh, got got over in the spirit with the with the Lord. Had a wonderful time in prayer, and as I was speaking in tongues and interpreting, I heard also send now prosperity, send sudden prosperity, and the Lord showed me that now prosperity is the same thing as sudden prosperity. Well. You may be thinking, Pastor Stephen. Uh, yeah, I'd really like to come into now prosperity where, you know, prosperity is just flowing continually. Well, I believe that the Lord can tie you into that, and if it takes a sudden move of the Spirit, uh, or sudden blessing of God to get you up and running, the, uh, and so that you're activated in it, then it's okay. God can do that for you. You know, I I learned to ride my bicycle when the first bicycle I had, probably when I was about six years old. But I've never, I've never had to have any training or teaching after that. Once I was up and running, I've been up and running ever since. Now, it's been a while since I've ridden the bicycle, but I know that I could jump right back on it and, and, and ride again. Why? It's just something that was established in my life. And I believe that God wants to establish now prosperity in your life, and and if it's not there, then he can move it into your life. And if he does that, what is it called? It's called now prosperity that happens suddenly. You could also call it sudden prosperity. Praise God! There really is a place where you you live in the world, but God just he just blesses you, and you pay your bills, and you know you you're just moving forward. You're doing the things God's called you to do. And I, I'm not talking about just staying steady. I'm talking about you're increasing, you're expanding, and that's what that's what now prosperity is all about. When something comes up, you have the ability to move into it, to move forward. Now there are things that require patience and there are things that they're they're timing. So you know, there are some things you just can't jump into overnight, because it, it may take a while to save for it, and you may have to use your faith to get there. That's, that's normal. But at the same time, with the Lord, you are also moving forward. You're moving forward. So I believe that now prosperity also has tied to it sudden prosperity. Woo! Praise God. L- and let me say this, there's different levels of prosperity. And, you know, I, I know it can be exciting when you've been in a place of maybe just, you know, you're just happy to get all your bills paid. Maybe you, you you never have known that. And suddenly when God starts doing it, you think, hey, this is pretty cool. I'm getting all my bills paid. And so that pressure's gone. And then you could even have some left over. But that's just introductory level with the Lord. There's there's many, many other levels He can take you to that are beyond that. Where the blessing just gets larger and larger, and I believe that God can also suddenly move you into that next category of wealth, into that next realm. And I believe one of the keys there is faithfulness. Jesus said, "If you're faithful over the little, you'll be." Uh, that that's a principle. If you're faithful over the little, you'll also be faithful over much. So the Lord looks at that. So as we bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse of God today. Uh, be faithful, be consistent, because God wants you to experience now prosperity, where you're always in a place of prosperity. Okay, you always have enough to do what God's called you to do. And you're also, you're also experiencing those waves of sudden prosperity, where you, you suddenly come into now prosperity, or you suddenly go into that next level of blessing He has for you. Wow. It's all tied together but you need to use your faith for it. Don't expect it to just happen. Uh, You have to have your faith uh, alive so that this thing is activated in your spirit. The, The Word is a seed. I'm planting the seed into your heart. Now, you need to meditate on that. You need to be believing it, that you're just always in prosperity. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's called now prosperity. When's now? It's right now. So, you're just walking in it all the time. Woo! Praise the Lord. And really, Really, you come back to the verse right in front of that. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, it's easy, it's easy to rejoice in the Lord and say, Lord, this is a great day. I've got enough money to pay the bills, hallelujah. And and Lord, if, if the money perhaps is not there, I know that you're bringing it in, hallelujah. Woo! glory to God. And I tell you what, there is a very sweet confidence that comes from walking with the Lord where you just know God's got it, hallelujah. That is an, that's an amazing thing. I think we'll talk a little bit more about that in today's message Uh, But I want to share something else before we bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. Uh, I felt there were two things that the Holy Spirit was giving me, and I want to share the second one one with you. The first one was, of course, uh, the Psalm that we just looked at, 118, and the 25th verse That now prosperity is also sudden prosperity. Boom, sudden, there it is. Hallelujah. And you'll never know lack or insufficiency ever again. Praise God. Now, I believe there's something else that the Lord wants me to share with you today. And this is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And let's read verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you and your storehouses, and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Well, that's a power-packed verse. There's a lot of revelation in there. But the point I want to bring out today is that the Holy Spirit was just touching my heart and uh, wanting me to convey to you today that right now God wants to begin to uh, bless your savings. And that's, that, that also ties in that with Psalm 118, verse 25. This is more than you just getting your bills paid. Okay, your tithing, you're sowing seed, you all your bills are being paid, and you know what? And the blessing is working so strong, the prosperity is flowing so strong, that you have extra to put into savings. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord will command the blessing on you. Where? In your storehouses. So make sure that you have some storehouses, if you have not established them make sure that you do, because God can't bless it if you don't have it. So, you need to have storehouses, praise God. And it says, and and in all to which you set your hand. So, you have to set your hand to something so that God can bless it. And He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So, verse 8 speaks of the storehouses. I believe God's going to begin to create such a flow into your life. Your your storehouses are going to start to get filled up. And I'm not talking about with just a little something. I'm talking about some, some heavyweight blessing. Now, you may be in a place right now where you're listening to me, and you're watching me, and you may think, Pastor Stephen, if you knew my situation, uh, you know, you would think that this, this is like, you know, how can it be? Well, let me just say this. You may be in a situation where you don't even have a job. Maybe you got laid off, maybe your job came to an end and you're thinking, "Hey, I'm just trying to find work and I'm trying to survive." And here you are, Pastor Stevens talking about prosperity and you're talking about my, you know, savings accounts and stuff like that. But see, that 's where your mind needs to be, your mind needs to be in the word your your, your job is no big deal for the God uh, for God. God can very easily get you the work, the employment that you need, the pay that you need uh, but look anytime you drift your mind into survival mode uh that's a very dangerous place don't ever go into survival mode, go in the prosperity mode e- even if you are in a place where you're thinking. I don't know where the next paycheck is going to come from. You still need to be in prosperity mode, because, you know, I, I'm teaching this to you today from experience. For years I was what they would call the itinerant minister. And itinerant means you travel. And I, I've traveled full time all over the country, been in almost every state in the nation, have traveled to many nations around the world. Uh, and so I know what it's like when there is no set income, when you're not getting the paycheck every two weeks or every month. It's just, you know, you're really totally raw relying on God that God is going to bless as you're working for Him. He's going to make the provision come. And maybe some of you understand this uh, perhaps a little bit better who are business owners and you have employees that, uh, that are working for you, and you know, you're trusting God for contracts, or for customers, or whatever it might be, so that you keep moving forward. And it really does require that you have to believe and trust in the Lord. But regardless of where you might be, don't ever let your mind go into a place where you just, you know, you're just trying to survive. No always be in the mindset of your expanding you're going to, you're going to do more than just get the bills paid you're going to start having so much you're going to be stuffing some of it into the savings accounts not your saving account plural savings accounts woo hallelujah glory Mm-mm. glory to god hallelujah some of you need to have a stock market account because God could never give you a hot stock to invest in. Uh, If you don't have a stock market account, God gave you a ticker symbol, you wouldn't even know what to do with it. Uh, You know, so there's so many different areas where God can bless with with savings and storehouses, whether it's with property, or whether it's it's, uh, buying, uh, you know, like merchandise that wouldn't sell, and you can sell it over on the side. I I know a, a person that does that. He buys merchandise over here, takes it over here, and sells it for like four times as much. And uh, you think, wow, that, w- that was easy. But you know, he's, he's really good at that. So there's just all kinds of things. And uh, God just got to create such an overflow in your life. You're going to have multiple streams of income, and you're going to have multiple streams of blessing going out from your life. And you'll be waking up in the morning saying, this is the day the Lord has made. Woo! I'm going to be glad, and I'm going to rejoice in it. I tell you step into it right now, right now. Step into now prosperity right now with your faith. Don't don't wait for something to happen. You let your faith make it happen right now. Praise God. Thank you Lord Jesus. Okay, let's do our part because the the blessings of God are contingent upon obedience. Praise the Lord. So let's honor the Lord and be obedient to do what he said by bringing the tithe and offerings into the storehouse. Those of you that would like to mail your tithes and offerings in, remember a tithe is not necessarily uh, something that a preacher wears wears around their neck. We're not talking about a men's necktie. That's T-I-E. A tithe, T-I-T-H-E, in the Bible is 10%. It was taught in the Old Testament, taught in the New Testament as God's system of standard giving. Now, you can go beyond that and uh, and sow extra if you want to. Lord bless you if you'd like to do that. And, you know, stretch your faith and go further. But the tithe is where it begins. Praise God. So bring your tithes and your offerings, and some people even bring ties into the storehouse. I I have people mail ties to me, and I uh, I usually wear them unless it's something really weird. <laughs> Praise God! But I think almost every tie I've, I've had, probably every single one, I have eventually worn one time or another. I'm I'm not asking for a tie donation. I've got a a lot of ties, but at the same time, I give a lot away. So um, you know what? I'm happy to receive tithes and offerings and ties, Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, let's bring them into the storehouse of God. If you want to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, PO Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code here, 28654. Again, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. The PO Box is 717 praise God. Now, if you want to bring it in online, which many of our international church members like to do, and those from out, out of state, they like to do also, you can do so. Just go, go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called, Tides and Offerings, Sow and Reap. And you can go there right now, anytime, day or night, because so many of you live in different time zones. But uh, the Internet is always open. It's very safe, secure, encrypted giving. And it comes right into the ministry storehouse. Those of you that would like to sow seed, we have special projects. The special project that we're on right now is available. It can be viewed on the ministry website. It's called, I think it's under the tab that says projects. Hallelujah. And we're going after a ministry hanger. Praise God. Uh, and that's not something you hang something on. That's a facility that you would put an aircraft in. I know you know that. You're smart. Uh, everybody watching is smart. But sometimes a few drift over and watch that maybe need a little, little explanation on certain words. Praise God. I get some funny emails sometimes. So I sometimes maybe I explain too much but you would know where I'm coming from uh, sometimes from funny emails. Praise God. All right, Heavenly Father, we bless the tithes and offerings, that which is being sent in, mailed out, being brought in online. Father, bless your people with now prosperity, right now, right now, right now, right now. No more dryness in the finances of your people. Now prosperity, sudden prosperity. Thank you, Father God. Let something hit them quickly, quickly, within days. And may they never taste lack ever again. Now, thank you, Father, get them up into this, and let their faith maintain them in this just like we learned to ride a bike, and we just have retaining, uh, we, we can retain those, uh, the memory of our muscles that would balance all of that. Lord, I thank you for the faith muscle to get up and running in this, and your Word will hold it up for the rest of their, li- of their lives. Now, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name that you're doing more than just causing your people to get their bills paid. You're prospering them in such a way that they can, they can do tithes, and uh, they can give gracious offerings, and they can put money into storehouses. Woo! hallelujah, Father, we thank you for the blessing, flowing completely unhindered in a mighty way, flowing in a mighty way, in Jesus' name. Right now, say, I'm blessed with the heaven's best, and with the earth's best as well, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, today, let's start in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Why not start in verse 1, since we have been uh, uh, hanging around verse 8 a little bit. Let's start there. And I want to talk today about pursuing the Lord, the path of God, uh, the quest to find the heart of God, and His specific plan for your life, what that involves, what that entails, you may be surprised to know. Let's jump into it today. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 28. We are in verse 1. Heavenly Father, as we go into the message today, we ask that your Holy Spirit would anoint our ears, our eyes, to see and hear spiritually and naturally, to grab the word, take it, and apply it. Now we thank you, Father God, for illumination, wisdom, and revelation flowing in the name of Jesus. Amen. See, I receive, Amen. Verse 1, Now it shall come to pass, and, and you know, it always will. If you do your part, God will do His part, and it will start coming to pass in your life. Now it shall come to pass if, well, the word if, it means there's, there's a condition that has to be met. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Well, the word diligently Is not a light word. It's something that we have to ponder upon. Uh, to be diligent about something, you know, if you're going to be diligent about getting to work on time, it means you're not late, you're punctual. Uh, ideally, you're there early so that, you know, you're kind of walking into work relaxed. You've got time to get your office set up. And, uh, you know, you're at when the, when the time clock starts, you know, you're not over there, you know, disappearing to the bathroom for 20 minutes, which is what a lot of people do. And just as we say, milking the clock, trying to do all you can, uh, of, it's just amazing how much effort people make to not work. It's like if you put that same effort to not work into working, you'd be a lot happier and a lot more productive uh, Productive person. But my friends, we want to be punctual. We want to be there. We want to be diligent. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, we have to really give it our best. What you're going to get out of this Christian walk is going to be directly related to what you put into it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. Uh, I think we have been able over the last decade to decode some things through certain books that have been written that unveil previous mysteries such as it used to be thought that, you know, like some people they were either geniuses, or some athletes just, you know, had the special ability. But books have been written that, you know, biographies have been written that dove into the lives of these people. And uh, it's a little bit like what Einstein said. He said, you know, there's an element of genius, but there's also an element of perspiration, a lot of work, and you know same thing I believe it was Bach said about the piano, the great composer they they said oh you you know you're you're such a genius. You, you know, you play so well, what what a gift. He goes, well, you know, it's like a five-hour-a-day gift, you know, practicing five hours a day. You know, you stop thinking about it. If anybody played the, fi- played the piano for five hours a day, you're going to get really, really good at it. So uh, these books were written uh, as they dove into the lives of people, and it began to unmask what we thought previously was just raw talent or, you know, a special touch. And there, there can be a special touch. Because after all, you know there are people that have the ability to sing, uh, you know, phenomenal opera. and you, you you could train all of your life. and if you if you don't have that touch, uh, you're not going to be able to hit those high notes. You, you could train for twenty years. So there is an element of gifting. But in in those spheres of of anointing, uh, really what it com- what it comes down to, you, you'll have thousands of who, who can hit the high notes. But those that really, really practice, And really put the effort in, they're the ones that, you know, uh, make it into what you would call the upper echelon of success. And sometimes we've looked at athletes in the past, we thought, well, they had the special the special genetics. And yes, you know, there's an element of fast twitch muscle fiber, slow twitch muscle fiber, and you've got, if you were born with slow twitch muscle fiber, no matter how much you train in the sprints, you're never going to be as fast as the person who was already gifted with more of the fast twitch. But nevertheless, even amongst those with the fast twitch, there's still separation through hard work. I know, you know, years back when Usain Bolt kind of burst on the track and field scene and shattered world records, people thought, well, he's a phenomena. And to a degree, he was. But, you know, when you, you just begin to dive into his the biography of his life, and you'll find out, oh, no, he was uh, he was running since he was a kid. He was—he's been training since he was a teenager, competing in track and field meets since he was a teenager. He's no stranger to track and field. He was brought up in track and field, and uh, you know, trained with phenomenal coaches. So you look into this, you begin to see that these people extracted out of it what they put into it, and so they put their whole life into it, and then all these amazing things came out of it. So the reality of it is, it's not a mystery. It's just sowing and reaping. So, what you put into your walk with the Lord is what's going to come out of that. So, our 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 levels of obedience, our levels of commitment. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, so we have to be diligent. You can't be sloppy with your faith. If you do, you're going to get sloppy results. Uh, if, If if you're not tied in closely to the vine. You're not going to have a lot of fruit. So, we just really have to work God's word. We have to work his kingdom principles, and we'll, we will get the results that we're wanting. Now, it shall come to pass. It will happen. You, you just have to do the work. You just have to do the stuff. Sometimes people say, Pastor Stephen, I can't lose weight. You know, it just doesn't work for me. No, 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 look, anybody can lose weight if you just do the right principles. There are no exceptions. There's, there's nobody walking around on the planet that has some kind of an alien body from Mars that, that exercise and proper nutrition will not apply to. It'll work for anybody. So, if, if we are not seeing the things that we want, particularly today I'm talking about your spiritual life, then we just have to keep working the mechanics of it, keep investing more into it, and it'll start to turn. And, of course, when it starts to turn and you, you realize, wow, th- this works, you're just like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put more, I'm going to put more into it. Because what's one of the greatest motivators you'll ever discover in life? Success. In other words, this is working. And when you realize it's working, you don't pull back. You actually get excited about it and you just dive into it. Okay, that's what I'm wanting you to do with the Lord. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will begin to do basically all of these things, verses 1 through 14, and they're all amazing, they're all phenomenal. And it's something that every believer can be experiencing in their life. It's what God wants us to get into. Is it easy? No. I I would mislead you if I said it were. Uh, It will take everything. You have to be diligent. Uh, you have to give careful observation of all of God's commandments. You have to really, really have your life dialed in. You just can't be slack and, you know, cruising along. You, you can be slack and cruise along and still go to Heaven. But if you want to see these things manifesting in your life, you're really going to have to give it your best. That's what it is to be on this path, to be on this journey after the Lord. He, he, will, he will challenge you. He will stretch you, and it is the most wonderful journey. Now, let's let's go further with this. I want to take you to Matthew chapter seven, and I think this will really help you. Matthew chapter seven, verse thirteen. Now, this is the Lord Jesus teaching. These are the words of the Lord. When I heard Matthew chapter seven, verse thirteen and verse fourteen taught in church, it was always preached uh, from a different angle. And I think the preachers tried to make it mean something that in the original text, Jesus wasn't making that application. Not that the preachers weren't preaching something good. I just don't think it was the context of what the Lord was talking about. So let me read it to you, and then let's, let's try to pull out what Jesus is really talking about here. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate... And broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Now, watch this, because narrow is the gate and difficult. Welcome to reality today of the kingdom life. Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few, there are few who find it. Okay, so growing up in church, I was taught by the preacher. A good preacher, that the Christians are the one who get on the narrow path, and the sinners are on the wide path. And so the wide path leads to destruction, separation from God, you lose your soul, you go to hell. And the Christians get on the the righteous path, they end up going to Heaven. You know, sounds good, everybody's happy, everybody shouts Amen. I think, I think that's nice, but I think the true application of this is different. First of all, I believe He's speaking to the Jewish people, at that time the people of God, the covenant people. And so it's like Jesus talking to the church people. And let's see what He would say to us. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So I know a lot of Christians who are saved, who love God, who are washed with the blood of Jesus, they're going to Heaven, and life is just beating the life out of them. They, it seems like they're defeated on every side. They struggle with their finances. They're discouraged. They are that they're, they're they're sick. They're struggling in every area. And you're just like, what in the world is going on? You you're supposed to be uh, on the way to heaven. You're born again. Why is there so much destruction? Why? Because they are on the Christian path. They are on the way to heaven, but they've never come into the narrow path. (laughs) Wow. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's a lot of believers. I I don't think you should look at the Lord's kingdom as being this little rinky-dink thing with maybe just a few hundred thousand saved. No, the, the church in Antioch, Um, excuse me, in in Ephesus, where Paul preached at, uh, established that church, that church had over 100,000 members. And, you know, the the church in China with millions and millions of members, the church in Africa with millions of members, and you know, uh, uh, the church in America, you know, uh, you know, we have, there's a lot of believers in America. So, worldwide, You know this is this is hundreds of millions of Christians so I don't I don't think we should look at hundreds of millions as some kind of little bitty narrow stream but what I'm trying to say is if you want to get into the real blessing of God then you're going to have to really realize that's a narrow path but that's the only path that leads to the life the life of God because there's a lot of Christians they're going to do their own thing. They don't care what the scriptures say. To a certain degree, they're just happy they're saved. But they want to live their own life. They want to do their own thing. Oh yeah, yes, they want to go to heaven. Uh, Yes, Jesus is their Lord to the degree that uh, they'll obey him on what we would call the basics. But um, you know what? There's just uh, they just want to cruise. They're just happy to go to heaven, and that's okay. But that's a very very bumpy journey. Uh, That's a journey where you're going to have. You're going to have a lot of things experienced in your life, very <laughs> hard, even puzzling things because you're just not walking with the Lord closely. Wow, praise God. Mm-mm. Enter by the narrow gate. Okay, so this is what happens for those that don't. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to the destruction, and there are many who go in by it. There are many Christians who are on the way to heaven. And they're just getting pounded by the devil the whole way. That all kinds of, all kinds of bondages, all kinds of addictions, all kinds of secret sins, and some of them aren't even secret. Just, I mean, they're like the walking wounded. Why? They're on the wide path. Oh, They're, they're, they're going to Heaven. But um, it, it's just a path where, hey, that's not God's best for your life. It's good that you're saved, but no, that's not God's best for your life at all. Let's get on to that narrow path. Okay, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few. Okay, so think about this it's narrow, it's difficult, and there are few who find it. Well, why should I get on that? Because that's the only one that really leads to life. Wow. Jesus said if you lose your life, you'll find the real, you'll find it. You'll find what? The real life, which is only in Him. But if you try to hold on to your life, which is your, you know, I, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Jesus, I've got it all planned out. Thank you for saving me, but I'm in control here. If you tried to keep your life, He said you'll actually lose it. Not necessarily lose your salvation. You'll just, you'll just get to Heaven, and the Lord will tell you, hey, I'm glad you're here. By the way you're probably probably puzzled about why some of the things were in your life. Yes Lord I am. I've got a lot of questions to ask you Jesus. There's a lot I don't understand. Why was my life the way it was? I'm glad I'm in heaven. Why why did all this stuff happen the way it did? Then there's a lot of Christians that Jesus will tell them, you married the wrong spouse. You, you, you married, you, I didn't want you to marry that person, but you did your own thing despite my Holy Spirit showing you that was not my best for you. You did it anyhow. And that is just, just, you know, you start multiplying these things Wrong choices, wrong decisions, doing your own stubborn way, and just do it not one or two times, but do it like hundreds of times, doing your own thing hundreds and hundreds of times, and just before you know it, you're just getting hit left and right by all kinds of things God never intended for you to get hit on. Wow, but that narrow path, woo Well, Pastor Stephen, that narrow path doesn't sound like there's a lot of freedom. It's, it's actually the ultimate freedom. That That's what people don't get. That's what they don't get. It's hidden from them. Uh, and it's so special God doesn't even reveal it to them because you only get into it through great hunger and desire to know the Lord. And the more you know the Lord the closer you get to Him the also you start to realize how irrelevant and how silly and even to a degree how foolish so many of these other things are that people are so into and they think it's so important. They think it's so valuable. And when they when they get to heaven, they're going to find out it's worthless, and they'll all get burned up. They They actually think they're going to get rewarded. They have no idea that what they're grabbing will actually all be burned up, and they'll be left holding nothing. Why? It was all their own life. It was all their own life. It was all their own thing. Wow. Praise God. They never went through that narrow little gate and got on that narrow path where the... Where the Lord controls your life so thoroughly that it's like your horse, and Jesus is the rider, and all he has to do on your rein is not yank you because you're kind of some kind of a stubborn Christian. No, he just gently just gently, like, lifts the rain. And you're like, oh, we're going to the left. Oh, He just gently lifts the rain on the other side. Oh, I need to go this way, follow the Spirit, go over here. Woo, hallelujah. You, you start walking real close with Him, it's, it's just like that. It's just like that. He will lead you with such a fine nuance of the Spirit that um, uh, it, uh, it, it is a very, very narrow walk, and you'll discover life and you'll laugh, you'll be so happy, you'll laugh. It's almost like the Christians who feel sorry for missionaries. Oh, so sorry that you have to go over there and tolerate those rough conditions. They don't understand that the missionary, that he or she is having the time of their life. Uh, is, there, is there an element of laying your life down? Yeah, but you do that, and you find, wow, this is where real living's really at. Hallelujah. And there's others that God says, You're not to go to the mission field you're to go to the you know to the um, the financial centers of the world and you're supposed to generate wealth or whatever it be but you still still if you submit to the Lord you still got you on a close walk a very he's got you dialed in you just can't go running off doing your own thing hallelujah wow glory to God thank you Lord Jesus narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. It does lead somewhere. It leads to life, and it's the ultimate life in the Lord. And there are few who find it. Let me say it like this. There's few Christians who find it. Some of you, this is hitting you as a revelation. You think just all Christians walk in it. Yep, All Christians walk. No, no, they don't. There's few who find it. Uh, I can prove it. Just look around. Look at all the Christians. Look, look at all the Christians. Uh, there are few who really walk with the Lord. I'm talking know the Lord, or, or just con- content, complete, happy, not jealous, not insecure, not greedy, you know, not, not, not all, as we would say, tore up from the floor up and messed up. No, they're just, they, they're, they're, they're solid. They're solid. They give their word, and they'll keep it, even to their own hurt. They are just rock solid. They're dependable. They're there, and uh, they're on the word. They're integrous. Uh, It's just what what's going on? Narrow path, narrow path. And and watch this can flow with the Spirit, love God, speak in tongues. You know, just I've got the whole package. So this this is a very narrow walk. And I think that will help you to understand, not everybody's trying to climb the mountain to get to Zion. Some are content to camp at the bottom. And and they're never going to move. They're never going to move. But if if you will move and go with the Spirit, in a similar way like the Israelites did in the Old Testament, follow the cloud by day, follow the fire by night. And if it moves, we better go with it, or we're going to get abandoned out here in a very deserted area that's very dangerous. Stay with the Spirit Woo, hallelujah. But a lot of people are just like camping on past revelations, camping on past truths, camping on past move of God's, and, th- and, th- and they'll never move. They'll never move. But you know what? You need to move with fresh revelation. You need to keep climbing, keep climbing, because God will reward you. Mm, thank you, Jesus. It's going to be good. There are few who find it. It's, I think it's fascinating. This is, this is true in ministry, by the way. Uh, don't, don't think that I'm not exempt from this because I'm somehow in ministry and all ministers move. No, no, there's a lot of ministers. They wouldn't budge. They wouldn't stand up and shout hallelujah if the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit all three walked into the church building at the same time. They would still sit there. They would never lift their hands or shout hallelujah. They might be afraid of what their conserved brethren uh, might think if they were to express their praise. So they're not they're not going to move on, praise the Lord. But I think it's fascinating. Um, I'm mindful of the prophet Kenneth Hagin, who talked about the time Jesus came to him and talked to him about the four phases of ministry that any minister will go through who's called into the fivefold ministry. Whether you're a uh, excuse me, whether you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, it doesn't matter. If you're in the fivefold ministry, your ministry will have four phases. And Jesus told Kenneth Hagin, now watch this, watch this. Jesus told Kenneth Hagin that most ministers live and die. They live their whole life out and die without ever getting out of the first phase. They spend their whole life, their ministry in phase one, and they never even get out of that that first phase. Can you, re- can you imagine watching baseball game? I don't really watch baseball. I think it's boring. But watch baseball game after baseball game after baseball game, and no batter ever gets past first base. You'd be like, I can't handle this. I'm going to go do something else. But can you imagine living your whole life as a minister? God calls you in the ministry, and you never get out of phase one. Wow. But yet, yet, most never do. That is a reality. That's what Jesus told Brother Hagin, and I've seen it. I've seen it. Wow. Mm. In 2015 at the end of the year Jesus came to me in a vision and he, he stood before me I could see him. A- and Jesus told me he told me several things but he said he said you have now completed phase 2 of your ministry you are in now the third excuse me you're in now the third phase of your ministry. And he shared some other things that were personal. I thought that was wonderful. I was so, because I, I knew what he had told Brother Hagan I'd read Brother Hagin's books, and I knew that that was true. And And I, I could see how the Lord was working into my ministry. So, I was very happy when He told me that. So, right now, as I'm talking to you today, I'm well into the third phase of my ministry. But I, I thought it was pretty cool, because just a few weeks after Jesus in person told me that, I was at a a national conference in Washington, D.C., and Bishop Bill Hammond, one of the Lord's very trusted prophets, was there. And uh, Bill Hammond prophesied over me, and he, this is what he said, because he's a very accurate prophet. He said, the Lord shows me, that you have now moved into the third phase of your ministry. I just started laughing, you know, because well the Lord personally told me that. And so the rest of the prophetic word also was very wonderful that Bishop Hammond shared with me. Thank God for prophets, thank God for the gift of prophecy. If you have no exposure to that you need to do something to get uh, prophetic grace flowing in your life. Uh, You need to do something. Uh, If you're out of that out of that loop somehow, you're really missing something straight from Heaven. Praise God. All right. Praise the Lord. By by the way, I'll, I'll be in London next Sunday. Okay? So I'm ministering to you today on Sunday. Next Sunday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'll be in London ministering. So if you're in the U.K., Come on to the meeting. I'll, I'll be ready to prophesy. Pro- I'm, I'm, I'm not just coming to look around. I'm coming to minister the word of God and to prophesy. Praise God. So get into the meetings and have a good time with me. Praise God. There in London, England. Praise God. So, my friends, um, not everybody is on that narrow path, not even ministers. Oh, they're on the way to heaven. They're, they're not on the way to hell. <laughs> okay, they're on the way to heaven, but there's a lot of ministers that just, you know, they'll just cruise. They're just happy. They're happy where they're at. They won't really pursue God and won't maybe really preach on certain topics because it's not popular or, you know, they just don't want to, they just don't want to go for it for whatever reason. They'll get to Heaven. They'll reach Heaven and they'll wish they had. They'll wish they had. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, where a tree falls falls. There it lays. And I've been out in the forest before, walking way out in the forest, and it's only rare. Maybe I've only had it happen three times where a huge tree, you know, I, I've walked in the forest countless times, but maybe only about three times has this happened in my life. Where a very huge old tree that is so old, it's lived its life out, it just falls over. Maybe it was 200 years old maybe it was 175 years old, but it was old, and its life is over, and it just collapsed. And it was, and I've I've seen it, and I've heard it, but you know when it falls, it's not getting up. That's, that's it. It's a wrap. And trees have a symbolic meaning of people. When your life is over, and you go to Heaven, I'm talking to you Christians, when your life is over, you don't get a redo. Okay, it's a wrap. And the way you lived your life now determines many, many things of how eternity is going to be for you. Praise God. Now, if you just made heaven and made the lowest levels, it sure beats going to hell. Praise God. And heaven is awesome, but to get to heaven and to then realize, "Wow, I could have done a whole lot better." It's too late. It's too late. You, you, you can't go back. So that's why right now, you must empty the tank. Right now, you must relentlessly pursue God with everything in you. And you'll be so glad you did. And you look, you, you can't look, engage it by what others are doing, because you may be in a, in a place where there is a lot of spiritual apathy or lethargy around you, and there's not a lot of movement. You can't let that be your standard. You must go. You must run you must begin to ascend the mountain of God and aim for Zion. You must really go after God with everything you have, and you will be rewarded. You'll have the light, you'll tie into the life of God here, and you'll get so happy you'll start laughing, because you discover the true life really does flow from the vine, and when you're grafted into that, it's just crazy, it's a crazy good life. Wow, even with everything that it brings, with everything that it brings, it's just like, it's just absolutely an amazing life in the lord but you will only find it in the lord you'll only find it really really closely walking with the lord and and don't try to talk the religious ease or the christian ease or the lingo and just spit the words out if you're not really walking it because your words will be empty and you'll know you'll you'll know it and you're you're, you're it is not see it still won't produce it has to be real and it just can't be a, a, a voidless empty confession. It has to be real or it will have no power in it. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we give you praise. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few. There are few, I'm going to say it contextually, there are few in the church who find it. Glory to the Lord glory to the church, Uh, glory to the Lord. There, there was one church I'm thinking about right now that a prophet was speaking of that had a move of God that in some ways was not that well known, but it was a phenomenal move of God in that church. And the glory of God was so strong in that church, you could not come into that church if your life was not 100% laid down for God. Now, it doesn't mean you're perfect, but you could not come into that church and, you know, having, you know, living a life of carnality. It's just too much glory, uh, it's just too hot, too hot. And, and there's too much uh, prophecy going on too, where everybody in that church, if you're doing something that's not right, it would get exposed in every single meeting, in every meeting, either through the pastor's preaching or through, it's like the whole church got turned into prophets. And everybody could just read anybody's mail. The, the adults could, the kids could. But the glory was so strong, you, you, just, you would be so uncomfortable if you were not just totally sold out to God. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Minds, reminds me of the time that Smith Wigglesworth had some men come, he invited some men, ministers to come pray with him. And as they started praying, the glory of God came into the room, and it got so strong that the ministers couldn't stand it, and they started leaving, they started leaving. And everybody was there, with, uh, uh, except for Wigglesworth, Wigglesworth was there, excuse me, and just a few people were trying to hang on, and eventually the glory got so brilliant and so phenomenal, they couldn't, they just left the room, they couldn't stand it and a young minister said that is not going to happen to me next time next time I don't care what happens I'm staying in that room and I will not leave for anything well uh, brother wigglesworth called another prayer meeting just with some ministers they all come back into the room this was a different time they start praying here comes the glory and it just it just gets too incredible too much of god in the room and they start leaving they start leaving and that minister, that young minister, is trying to hold on. It was just too hot; couldn't do it. He had to leave. <laughs> he, he, he had to leave. Why? Had things in his heart, areas in his heart, that when the Lord comes, oh, it's he, he, just too bright, too much light, too much glory, mm, and he and he had to leave. And before you know it, the room's empty again. The only one that could stand in it was Wigglesworth. Praise God. These are things that there's some people that you're watching me, you're, you're a believer, you're watching me, you, you, you've never ever experienced this in church, you've never experienced in your life, you almost have no idea what I'm talking about. It's almost like I'm telling stories from a lost generation. But my friends, I'm talking about what you can tap into right now by beginning to go after God with all of your heart. I want to give you a few things that will really help you with this, and get you tied in to the narrow path, walk where God reveals Himself to you. It is an amazing experience. I pity those that don't know it. I have compassion on them. They they're just they're on the wide path, getting banged up, getting in all kinds of spiritual wrecks, all kinds of goofy things, uh, taking wrong exits and detours in life that God never told them to do, and and losing their joy. But my friends. I want you to be on that that narrow path. I want you to find it and never ever get off of it. It's the path of life. Not, 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 Not the path in context of your salvation experience, but it's the path of the fullness of the salvation life that God has for you here. And you'll be so happy. And you're really, you will really know the Lord. Praise God. I'm trying to share a lot today. I'm trying to share a lot. There's so much I could share with you. You know, as I was getting this message ready, I thought about another another prophet, more of a teacher, but he, he is a prophet, and that would be the teacher, the man of God, John Avanzini. And he is the man that God used to bring forth the revelation of the 30, 60, 100 fold return to the body of Christ. And he received this revelation. When he was in a large conference ministering overseas in the nation of Nigeria, and Jesus came into the room in a vision and revealed to him what you would call the laws of the 100-fold return, why it doesn't work for some, what it would take for it to work in the life of a believer, and, you know, just kind of out, out, uh, outline that so that Brother Avanzini could teach it. But, uh, but something fascinating is that Jesus told him in that vision that in order for the 100-fold to work, then the giver has to give exactly the, uh, the amount that the Holy Spirit reveals to them or impresses upon their heart. And Jesus told him that after you receive the offering and you pray for the 100-fold return to take place, He said, now after that, He said, now look for the ones that were faithful, because they are the ones I will bless with the 100-fold return. Why would Jesus say that? Because there's a lot of people in the church. I'm not talking about unbelievers, but there's a lot of Christians in the church that a man of God could stand up and say, Jesus came to me in a vision and said, this is exactly how you do it. If you do it, it'll work. And he can, he can share that. And then they're still not going to do it they're still going to be dis- disobedient. And if the Holy Spirit tells them to give $50, they're going to, like, they're going to think, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give $30. am i am comfortable giving $30. i am not going to give $50. Uh, and, and this stuff just goes on and on and on. What is it? It's never getting on the narrow path. And then they're, and they're like, then they read the Bible, and they, they know it's true. They know God's Word is true, and then they're puzzled. But why doesn't it work? Why is it not, why is it not, why is it not doing what it, God will said? what He says He will do? They're just not on the narrow path. They're just doing their own thing. And they're getting out of it what they're putting into it, which is what? Not much. Not much. Woo! Hallelujah. God said, those who honor me, I will honor. But do- those who lightly esteem me, basically said I'll do the same to them. Ooh! Oh, Pastor Stephen, Jesus loves us all. He does. He does. He does. But He He works with you on the way that you work with Him. He, a- absolutely. He, sh- he sure does. He He died for all of us. He died for everybody so that everybody could come to Christ and have eternal life and you know be restored back to the Father. It's wonderful. But my friends, if you really want to connect with the Lord and and see the the good stuff, you're going to have to do it His way. And that requires surrender. It requires obedience. It requires walking in the Spirit. Because because here's the thing about this narrow path. While, While we have biblical example, while we have perhaps modern day examples of uh, of those who walk the walk and talk the talk and you can look at them and you can, you could think I can emulate their life just like the apostle Paul said follow me as I follow Christ you could do the same thing but still the lord is going to require at times where you're going to have to navigate this with him and maybe he told king david to do it this way and maybe he told uh, the spiritual voice in your life, your pastor, or maybe a well-known minister. Maybe you know a story, and God told them to do it that way. But God may say, well, with you on this, I want you to do this way. I think about Isaac, who he's in the land of Israel, and he's thinking, well, I'm, he said, there's a fa- he's, there's a famine. And he's thinking, I'm going to do what my daddy did when there was a famine. I'm going to go down to Egypt. And he, he's, he's ready to go to Egypt. Why? That's what the spiritual voice in his life had done before him. He's ready to do the same thing. And the Lord spoke and said, no, for you, you stay here. Well, Lord, Lord, there's, there's a famine here. I, I know that. And I, I know that, you know, Abraham experienced famine, and your father experienced famine, and I worked with them, and I told them what to do. But this is what I'm telling you what to do. And I don't want you to go to Egypt. I want you to stay right here. So, to stay on that narrow path, you're going to have to really walk with the Lord so that you do what God has called you to do, and that your faith is real and vibrant. And while we can emulate the faith of others, you still, when it comes down to it, are going to have to express the identity and the, the creative nature that God's given you. You're going to have to bring that out. You're going to have to extract that and bring that out. Praise God. And that can only happen through one-on-one close walk with God. Praise God. You'll never get it from uh, just, you know, always listening to others. And, I, and I'm glad that many listen to me, and count me as their pastor, their spiritual mentor, their spiritual advisor, uh, you know, apostle, or whatever some call me. I'm, I'm honored by that. And I will, I will speak into your life to the grace, to the best of my ability by the grace that God has put on my life. But you will still, you will still have to find that you are going to really have to push to get into that narrow path. It will take everything you've got. I know it does me. And I would also know what Jesus said. He said, it's narrow. He said, it's difficult, and there are few who find it. And that's the truth. That's the truth. But it's it's the path of the 100-fold blessing and return. It is the path of God's very best for your life. You want to live the highest level of joy. If you like joy, this is the way you go. This is the way you go. And if you want to finish your life and cross over in the heaven knowing with certainty that it's, it's going to be good, then the only way you can cross that path and, and finish it is knowing that you, you gave it all here. You poured your life out for the Lord here. You gave God your best. You sought Him with all of your heart. Praise God. Let me speak to the American Christians just for a moment. you have to let the Word be your standard, because today there is just, except in hot spot areas, except in certain places, there's not a lot of pull. There's not a lot of like deep pursuit. (laughs) There's just a lot of goofing off sometimes. And that's okay. I love all my brothers and sisters. And just because there's great difference in the body of Christ, I think that's wonderful. That doesn't bother me one bit. But all I'm saying is that if you really want to get into the good stuff, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to really go for it, and you're gonna have to just say, you know what, I'm I'm tired of just kind of like not having what the Bible says belongs to me. Where are the miracles? Where are the signs? Where is the glory? Where is the blessing? Where is it at? And and you have to just say, I'm not content with what I'm experiencing. You know, God bless the others, but as for me, I'm going for the glory. I really, I really want to tie in to all God has for me. Okay? So that's, that's, I'm speaking that to your heart today. And what you do with it is your choice. Just like Jesus presenting it to the hearers, to the Jewish people. He's not talking to sinners. He's not talking to sinners. He's talking to the covenant people of God. And I'm talking to you today. Do everything in your power to get onto the narrow path. And you'll be so happy (laughs) you will be so happy praise God all right let me close with this verse I had some other verses but let me close with this one let's go to uh, Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 29 praise God Jeremiah 29 verse 11 I I think many of us are familiar with verse 11, it's very beautiful. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Now verse 13, verse 13, let's get more back to the reality of what does it actually take? What does it actually take to make this work? again, we know in the natural, because of biographies that have been written, books that are written, that yes, maybe the person had a talent, but they worked like crazy to develop that talent. Yes, maybe that athlete did have that extra something. Oh, but oh, oh, they, they also worked out four hours a day. Hmm, okay, well now it's not much of a mystery. Now now, now we know why they are as good as they are. That That's why. It's not just some kind of so-called gift no it's a little bit of a gift and a whole lot of perspiration a whole lot of exertion a whole lot of doing all they could to develop that it's the same way in the spirit verse 13 and you will seek me now i'm going to prophesy that over you just as god's words doing this is a living word for you i'm going to prophesy that over you your, that you're not just going to hear this and drift back to normal mode. I think when you get to heaven, you'd be disappointed. Not, not, not that, that, you would be disappointed—not know, that there's any sorrow in heaven—but I think you would realize, while well, I could have done a lot more, why? Why did I? What was it about it? What, what kind of influence was, was I under that almost like drugged me, where I was like spiritually put to sleep? What kind of intoxicant? What kind of inebriation of the world system? Uh, Was kind of like putting a spell on me where I just didn't really care about drawing near to the Lord. Well, my friends, I'm going to speak this to you today. You will seek the Lord, okay? In verse 13, and you will seek me. I'm prophesying that to you. And you will seek me and find me. Ha-ha. You're going to find God. Pastor Stephen, I know God, I'm safe. That's not what I'm talking about. Pastor Stephen, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and my name is written in the Church Membership Roll. That's that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. Praise God, that's wonderful you've got that. And if that's all you ever did, you know what? Thank God you made it, praise the Lord. But you know what? You're still going to be on this planet for quite a while, unless Jesus comes back tomorrow. But you know what? We, we need, just need to live our life out fully. Praise the Lord. So you really need to go after God, and you will seek me and find me. When? When you search for me with all your heart. When instead of watching two hours of TV at night and then going to bed, you turn off the TV as hard as that is. I know. I've got televisions also. And instead, you go pray. You just go pray. Pray and spend time with God, or just read your Bible, or you just, you know, you you just do something spiritual. Praise God. When you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14, I will be found by you. You're going to find the Lord. Two things happen. Woo-hoo, get ready. How about some signposts? Would that help you on this journey? You're on the narrow path. Would you like two signs that will pop up? They'll start popping up. It, it And it doesn't take long. It does not take long that if you're on this path of the Pilgrim's Progress, and I'm not re- necessarily preaching from the book that John Bunyan wrote, Pil- Pilgrim's Progress, although some say it's the, you know, the greatest book outside of the Bible. But at the same time, nothing holds a torch to the Bible. The Bible is so far be- above and beyond anything that any human could ever write. That in the light of God's Word, everything else is way, way, way below. Praise God. But my friends, as you're on this journey, two signs will begin to pop up. Okay, the first one is, Pastor Stephen, how do I know if I search for God with all of my heart, and I find Him, like, how do I know I found Him? Well, what if you searched for somebody that was a lost friend, and you you were separated for years and years and you just wanted to find them because maybe when you were young you were best of friends and for some reason you just want to find them and you want to share Jesus with them what if you searched and searched and it took 5 years and you searched and searched and you finally found them how would you know you found them when you start talking to them and you have conversations and you say hey I found you and the person answers back like oh my goodness this is wonderful let's start talking and let's fill in the gaps of, you know, what's been going on with our lives, and let's catch up. So what do you mean, what do you mean, uh, what do you mean uh, this evidence, this sign? Conversation. You'll know that you are firmly on that path when, and you will know that you found God when there's, there's real conversation. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, you think you heard from God. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you know you, you're hearing from God. And it's, it's sometimes shocking. It, it is so clear. The radio fre- the radio frequency is so dialed in, it's just like, whoa, wow. I, I, I'm in the vine. I'm on that path. Mm-hmm. And you don't ever want to get off of that. How do you know? What's the first sign? God starts talking to you. He starts speaking to you. He'll speak to you through His Word. He'll speak to you through signs and wonders and supernatural phenomena. He'll start speaking to you through prophecy. He, it's like, it's like He'll start framing your world with a poetic, prophetic anointing. And he, he, he'll, he'll talk. And I'm not talking about you just trying to fabricate stuff. No, I'm talking about it comes when you're not even looking for it. And it comes so clear, you can't miss it. Pastor Stephen, I, I sure would love for that to happen to me. You'll, you'll never You'll never know it. You'll never know the life that's on that narrow path in, unless you go for it with everything in you, because that's what it takes. There's no other way to get on it and to stay on it. It will take every bit of your focus. And I, I look, look. I'm married. I've got children. You know, I, I answer emails. I make phone calls. There's never a day when there's not something to do. There's a, there's always too much to do. But even with you know, all the efforts that we make, but still, even with that, I still, I have to stay on the main thing, and I do, and it, ta- but it takes everything I've got, you know, that, the extra time, and all, you know, laying aside other things that a lot of other people do, that I, I just say, Lord, I'm, that, that would be a lot of fun, but Lord, I've only got one life, I've only got one life, and I want to live it all out for you praise God. And so when you get, you get on that path, number one, He'll start talking to you. That's, that's how you know. Number two, this one's big. Now watch. This is when it all starts to work. He starts talking to you, and number two, which is right after verse 13, verse 14, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Okay. The signpost, number one, God starts talking to you. And you and the Lord, I mean, you are tight. You're dialed in. You're you're talking to him and he's talking to you. Wow. That that, that if that, that that were alone enough, that would be amazing. But he does more. He'll start turning every bit of captivity in your life. I, any kind of captivity, he'll start to turn it. Now it may not turn all overnight. It'll start to turn it and things that you couldn't get free from before. Well, hey, you're too close to Him now, and all that stuff starts to come off of you. Woo! It just starts to come off of you. He'll start turning anything that would be any form of captivity, uh, ways of thinking, ways of behaving, ways of talking, things that do not represent the mature image of Christ in you. He'll start turning all of that um, bad habits, uh, uh, sinful things that perhaps, you know, would be consistent stumbling blocks before. It just, it just all begins to go. All begins to go. It's the most, it's the most incredible thing. (sighs) But it'll, it'll take a lot out of you. But Jesus just keeps pumping more of His life back into you. And the journey continues. The journey continues. And you will, ne- you, you will just go up the mountain. You will go up the mountain. And what will happen, you'll begin to realize, I'm so glad I didn't camp and settle down there. Oh, I, I love my brothers and sisters that settled down there, but that was never my destiny. I'm so glad I kept climbing. I'm so glad I kept moving with God and kept pursuing the Lord, kept pursuing the Lord, and stayed on the narrow path. Wow. Glory to God. Is it difficult? Yes, Jesus said it is. But that is the path of life. Praise God. But that is the path where the Lord talks with you openly, clearly. And that is the path where He turns your captivity. Now, you're actually living the Christian life that so many know can be lived, but they're, they're, they're not living it. And you can look at their lives, and you're telling, it's not working for them. That, that's okay. Maybe they're happy where they're at. That's okay. We can present it. But it's up to them what they want to do as far as response. But I like what Joshua and Caleb said, as far as me and my house are concerned, or from, you know, a technical perspective, context, as far as me and the tribe of Israel that I belong to, we're going to serve the Lord. I, I, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm going on with the Lord. Praise God. I know who I'm speaking to people today. That you're not satisfied with status quo in the church. You thank God for the church. You love the church. You belong to the church. And I and I when I I say church, I'm speaking on the internet to a to a broad spectrum of believers because there are believers that follow me that are in the spirit filled church, charismatic, Pentecostal church. There's people that watch me that are Methodist. There are there are church members who are Catholic, who who watch me and, and and so but but. These are people you've called upon the name of the Lord, and He has saved you. You belong to the Lord, but you're so hungry, you're st- you're starving for God. You're just the kind of person that Jesus loves, and He's wanting to take you into that that deeper life experience. And so, I love all my brothers and sisters in the Lord. But I tell you what, um, I just know God's got a lot for us, and we must we must pursue the Lord with all of our heart. When you do that, you'll find Him, and then the journey really begins. Praise God. Lift your hands. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching today. It's almost like they, it's almost like where they have smelled a T-bone steak being cooked, and they think, just the smell of that's making me hungry. And so, Father God, Your promises And the reality of living in what you have promised, uh, it's captivating your people, and they want it. So Father God, bring your people into this with the understanding that they'll know it's a narrow walk. And the reality of this is that it's a great exertion upon your focus, your devotion, your energy, and the way you structure your daily life. But Father, let that narrow gate be open. Let them come in, walk through it. And let them never get off of it. Let them pursue you with every ounce of their strength. Thank you, Father. Father, just as we would find a lost friend, there would be conversation. Let there begin to be that conversation, which is the first indicator that they have found you. And the second, the second sign, the second indicator, Lord, I think you're, you're going to start to turn all of their captivity. And it doesn't matter what it is. We thank you, Father, there's no condemnation in Christ. It's all falling off. Everything that is not of you, oh God, is coming off. We give you praise. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you. I hear in the spirit, I hear push, push with everything you've got. Because sometimes it takes that initial great exertion of energy, that initial great push to break through. And then once you break through, now you got momentum and just keep it going. So, Father, we thank you. Release your grace. We ask, Father, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. While you're on that narrow path, you're going to meet others. God will connect you with with others that are on that path. That it's, it's a yes, they're believers, but they they have a different mentality, a different flow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's going to meet he's going to introduce you to them. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot more in this. There's revival. There's move of the Spirit. There's waves of God's glory. But, but, but uh, you know, we've talked about that. But this is the thing. Go after the Lord. You'll get all the other stuff. Go after the Lord, and you, you, you'll get all the glory. You'll get all the miracles and all the other stuff. But go after the Lord with all of your heart. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's take communion today, celebrating the Lord Jesus, proclaiming His death until He comes. He's so good. He's so good, praise God. This is why we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. What is this? It is wisdom of the knowledge of Jesus. It is revelation, pulling back the curtain to see what has been behind the curtain In of what? What kind of knowledge? The knowledge of Jesus, that if you lose your life, you'll find it. If you lose your life, you find His life, which is the real life. And then you really start living. Praise God, praise God, it's only going to get better. And then one day your life will end, you go, you go to be with the Lord. Mm-mm-mm. And it's like an athlete who just went all out in the game and just emptied himself on the field. You step off the field, and you're just like, well, hey, I gave it my best. I gave it my best. I didn't hold anything back. And you just feel so good in your heart. Same way, you live all out for the Lord. Now, now, not, not later. Not when your kids graduate uh, from high school, go off to college. Not when you retire. Now, hallelujah. If you don't go now, when would you go? Don't, that, that's a deception that you th- you might think, well, I'll, I'll go later. No, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. That you move into that narrow path. The the gates open right now. Come on through. Heavenly Father, we bless the bread and the juice. This is now consecrated. This is the flesh and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation flowing right now into the knowledge of Jesus, His way, His path. Lord, thank you thank you, O God. Your ways are so much higher than the ways of the natural mind, or even the carnal mind of even a believer. Your ways are so much higher, so much more beautiful. But there's an element where they're hidden on purpose. So, Father, we seek you. We seek you. Father, we receive the body of Jesus with great thanksgiving today. We just give you praise. Strengthen your people, O God. As we receive the body of Christ, let the strength of Christ come into us. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. I'm thinking right now about the beloved Saint, Padre Pio. Uh, If you're evangelical, maybe you haven't heard of this great man of God. His prophetic ministry lasted exactly 50 years. He, God called him into the prophetic ministry, and that, that ministry spanned 50 years. And God gave him, uh, he was in the Catholic Church, God gave him the supernatural sign of the stigmata. And he had the nail, the nail, just like Jesus had the nails pierced through his hands with nail holes in his hands, uh, Jesus gave that grace to Padre Pio. And that was the path that Jesus had for his life. That was, that was the blessing Jesus gave him to be a, A witness to many people. And he he had very strong gift of the word of knowledge. He He could, as the Catholics say, he could read your soul. Or as we say in Pentecostal churches, he was operating in the gift of the word of knowledge, supernatural knowledge, knowing past present events about people's lives. But Padre Pio said that that gift in some ways for him was like a public crucifixion, because there were skeptics and scoffers and mockers, even within the church. And he said it was just like he was crucified. Oh, but it still blessed millions of people. Millions and millions of people were blessed through his ministry, and millions are blessed today. Even though he's gone on to Heaven, millions are blessed today by his teachings, his writings, and I even believe by his prayers as he is in Heaven today praying. There's quite a few saints that are praying for us down here they're not just sitting on a, on a cloud playing playing a harp. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord Jesus. But you know that's something that the Lord had for him. That was a good example of him losing his life of just wanting to be a good Catholic priest and you know pray for people and stuff like that and uh you know but no God said, if you lose your life, I'll give you the, the life that I have for you, the plan that I have for you, the blessings and the gifts that I have for you. And if you take that, many, many people will be blessed. Well, He took the right path. He took the narrow path. And because of that, it has certainly blessed my, my life. I probably have read 12, 12 books on Him, you know, some of the books that thick. And uh, a great, great man of God what a wonderful man of God. But you know, stop and think about that just for a moment before we receive the blood of Christ. Um, What if Jesus wanted to give you the stigmata in your hands, where you have nail holes in your hands? Stop and think about how that would absolutely, totally alter your life. How would, how would your family react around you? Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's that in your hand? There's blood coming out of your hand. There's a hole in your hand. Yeah, th- that's, uh, that's, uh, th- some people are going to say, bye-bye. What would your best friends do? Hmm. hmm, thank you, Jesus. Very, very interesting, these things. What What would your employers th- think? Hey, I'm here to work today. Hello, how, how's everybody doing? Hey, what's that in your hands? Uh, we don't think you can work here anymore. Well, God's not going to give something like that to you, probably, because that's not His plan for your life, But whatever His plan is, whatever that plan is, you'll never know it until you get on the narrow path. You'll never know it. You'll never know it. It, Most ministers live their whole lives and die without ever getting out of the first phase of their ministry. This runs across the board in the Christian spectrum. It's not just in ministry. But most believers, they never even get onto the narrow path. Jesus said, there's few who find it. Praise God! I believe you're on it by God's grace. Hallelujah! And you'll embrace. You'll embrace whatever it is that God has for you, whatever that cross might be. Take up your cross, Jesus said, and follow me. Uh, I, I think this is actually rooted in a true vision that a man had one time. I can't remember the minister's name, but he was procl- He was not proclaiming. He was complaining. He was complaining to the Lord Jesus about the cross that Jesus had given to him. Jesus, he said, Jesus, the cross you have for me is too heavy. I can't bear it. You've chosen the wrong person. It's, you're asking too much of me, and it's causing so much difficulty in my life, and I don't like it. I want a different cross. So one night, the Lord Jesus took him to heaven in a vision, a night vision. And the Lord met him there and said, I understand through your prayers that you're not happy with the cross that I gave you. He said, that is correct. That is correct. He said, I want something easier, Lord. I can't handle this anymore. And the Lord said, well, come with me. I, I have a room in heaven where, you know, there's a lot of different choices for, uh, of crosses. And he, so this minister came into this room with Jesus. It was like a giant warehouse. And there's crosses. There, there, he said, there were crosses that were so big some of them looked like they were hundreds of feet high. And those were crosses that were assigned for certain people to carry in life. And the minister was like, Lord, (laughs) those are definitely too big. I I see those, but I I don't want anything like that. I'm here because, you know, you've brought me here to pick something that I'm comfortable with. And I certainly don't want anything like that. And this minister noticed a real small cross over in the corner. That seemed uh, comfortable. That would seem something that would be bearable for him. That would seem something that he certainly wouldn't struggle with. And he said, "Lord," he said, "that one over there in the corner. I want to take that one. I, I want that one." And the Lord said, "He said, no. You don't. You don't want that one." The minister said, "Well, why? Yeah, well, sure, I do." He said, "Why would you say that?" The Lord said, "Well, that's yours. That's the one you brought." And the angel said it over in the corner. He said, "That's the one you're trying to exchange right now." <laughs> Woo! praise the Lord amen so the, narrow, the narrow path will require everything to stay on it and to walk it and to reach your fulfillment in Christ Father we thank you for the blood of Jesus we celebrate the, the communion because it's through communion that we proclaim the Lord's death and it's through our identification with his death that the power his resurrection power is released back into our life Hallelujah. So the more we lose our lives, the more of his life we find. Father, we thank you that he is divine and we tie into him and receive his life now as we receive his blood. Thank you, Father. Let us now drink the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is good. This is good. Hallelujah. Kingdom giving. Don't get off that path because maybe you think your path is not popular. Don't get off that path because, you know, maybe you think at times it's lonely. Don't get off that narrow path because, you know, um, people might give you a funny look every now and then. Stay on that path, and the life of God will so flow into you, you will be the happiest person on the planet, you and the others that are on that path as well with you. My friends, God bless you. I'll see you on that path. Stay on it. I'll see you back next time.